Good morning. I'm Tamara McDaniel, and this is Plant Experts Live at Prairie Gardens. Join us here at the store at 3000 West Springfield in Champaign. We're at the corner of Springfield and Duncan. Or join us by phone. The number is 356-9397. You can even text your questions or comments to our experts at 351 53 Five seven. We have John Weisgarber standing by. Good morning, Tamara. Good morning, John. And we have Steve Brown here as well, and uh, he'll be joining us in just a few minutes. And Marianne is. Uh, She's off. Taking a quick sabbatical to the northern countries. The really. She's going to Alaska. Alaska. Yeah. Is Wow, I can't imagine all of the plants that she's going to find it's up gonna there. It's going to be totally cool. All of the cold hardy. Tell us about it. Yes. Yeah. I can't wait to hear about what what thrives and survives up in Alaska. I bet it'll be really interesting. Yes. How, how and it'll you know for me it'll be interesting to hear how they have color, like yeah. in in the very few summer months that they have, but. Uh, so yeah, three five six nine three nine seven. Plant experts live at Prairie Gardens. You you handed me this booklet that a friend of yours made of your garden, and it had, it's like a little yeah. picture book. Okay, first of all, she's a fabulous photographer. This friend of yours, and this is the nicest little booklet I have ever seen, and and so personalized. And your garden is wow, picture perfect. <laughs> Thank you. I had uh, I hosted uh, St. Joe Garden Club uh, on. July 23rd, a few weeks ago, and uh, it was just a night of sharing garden gardens with others and ideas, so it was fun. Neat. Yeah, it looks like you have some great ideas. Yeah. Boulders in the landscape and containers, and oh, there are the chickens. <laughs> cool. <laughs> well, you have uh, so many new things here in the store to talk about. I want to touch upon first the uh, Halloween decorations. Oh my gosh! Amazing. Yeah, they're so great. In fact, the I think one of the best things that you've in this year, you've just about sold out pretty quickly, and uh, but you do have more coming in, and that would be the stakes that have the googly eyes. Now they're Halloween oriented. They're solar. I love that too. So you just put these these googly eyes, uh, stake them in the front yard, and then they glow in the dark at night. <laughs> I knew you'd be up. all over that. Yeah. I love it. And they also yeah. have a, a black cat that, you know, is all like, has his art, you know, back arched and tail straight up and, and it has like purple lights in its eyes. So you can see it during the daytime, fine, but then at night, yeah, you you, you see it lit up as well. Yeah, I have to uh, admit that we have some of the best Halloween items uh, to date. So yeah. yes, yeah, absolutely. All right, Steve well, Brown the dark joins us too. Absolutely. Oh yeah, you have to talk absolutely. about the succulents. Here, I'm going to talk. We got a gentleman who brought in t probably tomatoes to us, right? No. These are all my, all my resurrection lilies. I believe these are the seeds. Uh huh. Uh, should I wait to let them dry out? Can I plant them now? If I do plant them, when should I plant them? And how deep should I plant them? I would have to do some a quick look to see how deep to plant them, but I would let them dry out more personally. Um, yeah, they're still pretty green. I would I would certainly let them dry out, for sure. You normally plant them in the uh, in late fall. Or? Actually, most people buy the bulbs. Uh, they're called lycoris, 
or they would divide the bulbs that are already there. Or they'll colonize, if you will, and they'll just space those out. Typically is how it's done versus collecting the seed and going the seed route. So if you want to have fun or play a game, I, I think I'd look into this with the seed. But if you want to have something that's going to be more foolproof, I would tend to transplant the bulbs. Oh, okay, so I have a, a large stand of bulbs, and they're kind of all congregated together. I haven't tried to, like, dig them up and try to separate them. Is, is that the way to go about it? Yeah, so right now they're flowering, correct? Yes. So if I wanted to try and spread them out or transplant some of them, I would probably mark the area now where the because they're flowering and you know where they are. And then, uh, say, in October... Um, early, mid, late October, early November, I would dig them up because I've got the area marked and, and know that you probably need to dig a little bit wider and deeper to lift them out without damaging them. And then I would transplant them. And I think off the top, again, we could double check, but I think the light course is a deeper plant, maybe I about so eight too. inches deep. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, and then, so then you could take some of these bulbs and yeah, spread okay. some somewhere else and then. Got to try both both the bulbs and these seeds. Yeah, and the seed again, I think would be more of a hey, that was fun. Yeah, kind of thing. And and you could probably just Google search as far as the planting depth on Lycoris is the genus L Y C O R I S, and we could write that down for yes, you. Please. Uh, I say that and I don't have a pen. <laughs> oh, we could write that I down. Pen, but I have paper. Yeah. Very, very short oh. There we go, sir. Yeah, I'm sure Lycoris. you could just you could just say how deep to plant Lycoris seeds and see what comes oh, up. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. Have fun. Thanks for stopping by. That was cool. Yeah. Actually, having somebody come up to us here in the store. I didn't realize that uh, you know they would seed out like that, but any any flower that you leave the head on long enough, it's gonna it's gonna produce seeds. So yeah, Good that's point. neat. Yeah, that is neat. Three five six nine three nine seven. This is Plant Experts live at Prairie Gardens. So uh, let's talk about succulents because you have these really cool succulents in. Aren't those amazing? They truly are. They're now these are painted, so it's like a white succulent that has uh, well all sorts of colors. You can get blue or orange, of course, a line of colors, or a variety. So but you also have paint your own. Yeah, it's got a white base paint, if you will, and then it's got a little paint kit with a brush, and uh, just a fun little project, giftable thing, and then you can just paint whatever designs you want on it. So again, these are live succulents, and uh, it's something that we had a, a friend um, direct us to. The, uh, they were they're out of the area, and, and they, it was a vendor that they just started to use, and they were doing well with. So John and Marianne and I saw them, and Susan jumped all over board with it, and uh, so we've got not only these paintable ones, but they have a great selection. They've got some incredible planters. Oh, they're just there, fantastic. They're just unbelievable, over-the-top, gorgeous. And then um, in individual pots, anywhere from little 3-inch guys that are three ninety nine on up to maybe some 4.5-inch pots, 5-inch pots. But then there's this entire new group of painted and glittered succulents, and this is a, a trend Succulents have been so popular the last five years or seven years now, but yeah. um, the painted ones and the decorated ones are really hot in Europe. And so this... And obviously it doesn't hurt the plant. No, it doesn't hurt the plant. I'm not really sure what water-based paint they're using, but uh, 
we got to see some plants that had been painted six weeks prior and 12 weeks prior as they grew out of the paint. And they were coming out unscathed. They seemed it, to be. It was really interesting. Uh, as they grew out, of course, you know, the, the paint ended up more on the tips or the edges. Okay. And then you had green interiors. But, but it still was really cool. It's, it's pretty fascinating. You know, it's just kind of a something like, oh, wow, look at that. I got to have it. Yeah. So they're bright colors like you were saying. There's a paint-your-own-kit. And then the one that's intriguing to most of us is the glow-in-the-dark one. There's a glow-in-the-dark paint there one. There is? Yeah. Oh, yes. yeah. okay, that's neat. I want a glow-in-the-dark painted suck. Oh, is that what these darker ones are, They're perhaps? in the black, right, uh, to your uh, right behind you. Oh. The, the packaging. Okay. says glow-in-the-dark, yeah. Yeah. He's over here. Oh, now I see the glitter ones. Pretty, Pretty cool. cool. Pretty Very cool. cool. You know, we got to follow those European trends. Amazing to think that those are real live plants because they're it, so it, it pretty. It is hard to imagine. But, uh, but yeah, and then as they start to grow, then they you start to see the green of the original plant. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, cool. so John, if I was yes. going to garden outside, anything going on out there in the tree and the shrubs and the grasses and stuff? Well, like that? we've got all kinds of sales, sales, sales going some, on. Some new ones that just started yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. Do tell. Absolutely. Uh, garden, garden, garden. That's what I'm going to do. There's yeah. uh, er, everything. Is, everything is on sale. All the ornamental, ornamental grasses, grasses are forty percent off. Uh, perennials, shade trees, ornamental trees, fruits and berries. So the perennials, except for the garden mums and asters, are thirty to sixty percent off. Absolutely. Uh, wow. So there's some really good values on that. Fruits are down to seventy percent off. Yep. I'm wow. excited about the deciduous shrubs. There's some They're really cool up. ones at thirty percent off. Yep. Nice. Across the board, even the freshest hydrangeas. In fact. John's got a few more fresh hydrangeas even coming in next week on top of that 30% offset. So it's right. not like it's just old stuff. This is fresh current stuff. That's some, some old, some all new. Happening. But, you know, great, great time to, to buy stuff and think about getting it in the ground. Right. Because there is still time to oh, get Oh, there's tons in of the time. Ground, you can right? get an oh. incredibly yeah. established root system. And, uh, again, the plant will be so much larger next year than if you wait to plant next spring. It'll be incredible. Mm. I do forget about that, so much more enjoyable. Nice to be reminded of that. True. And then uh, you said you you still have just a few annuals left if people are still looking. Actually, to add some John colors. got more fresh ones in again yesterday. Got a few to freshen up your pots, uh, some four-inch pots, and then we did get uh, some combination planters. Uh, so uh, you know, already planted, ready to go. Pick it up and drop it inside your own container, or just leave it as is and. Nice. Decorate. Oh, and speaking of planters, I love the combination planters that you, you your staff has put together. They're just beautiful. Amazing job. And a, a nice variety, too. So definitely come out and check those out. Tell me about these grasses that you brought to the table. Well, I picked out a few of my most favorite grasses. Of course, these are the perennial grasses that come back every year. Good. So little blue stem. Little blue stem. I could pronounce the botanic name, but I'm not so good at we it. We don't have Marianne here. I know. <laughs> Shazashirium, I believe it's called something like that. Just uh, say Shazam. Yeah. Shazam. Oh, Shazam. That Shazam grass you have? But what's cool about it, it's uh, it's a really vertical grass, uh, about 24 to 30 inches high at maturity. Uh, it's got a light bluish green cast, but then it gets this great, purple reddish edging on it oh yeah which is really cool 
and then it has a real straight vertical uh, yes. flowerscape, basically, as You're it comes right. up. You're right, as opposed to some of the other grasses here that are just kind of bending over it's, slightly. Yeah, it's real delicate. Uh, this one really does just on stick straight up, Yeah, yeah. reaching for the sun. It's amazing the variety of not only heights and colors and textures and habits, whether they're slightly weeping or mounding and billowing out or whether they're very upright yeah. like, like that one. Yeah. But they are so interesting. Well, and this one, this one's a great one if you, if you have a little bit more uh, informal garden or fits in great with the natural landscape. Nice. Yeah. Good. Love and, it. And so that was Shazam. Little blue stem. Little blue stem. Okay. <laughs> and then we have the the Hamlin the dwarf fountain grass. Uh, I can see why it would be called fountain grass. It looks like a water fountain just sprouting out. Yeah, it's about uh, eighteen to two feet tall. Uh, gets the little uh, flowerscapes. Uh, almost looks like a little uh, bunny tail. Elongated bunny tail, huh. and uh, love it, love it, and it's a, a great compact plant that you can kind of mid border with and use it to, to as a as a uh, background for other lower plants or annuals. So it's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. But then still small enough that it could highlight some of the larger. Plants and grasses. Absolutely, behind you could it. have something behind it. Even, yeah. Yeah. Okay, and then what about this final? Morning wow. light. What morning light? Morning light, miscanthus. Another one of the uh, ornamental grasses that really highlight when you have early morning sun or or setting sun. It just seems like the the color is. Know, it's almost magical yeah. uh, when the light goes through it at that angle. It's that got low the, angle. Yeah, nice. the the white margins on it. Yes. Yeah, real subtle. Uh oh. Yeah. And that's what the, yeah, light would shimmer through. I well, see It's usually now. about four feet tall, so it's more of a back border. Uh, I've seen it used uh, actually as a, like a divider, property divider. It's really effective that way, too. Really? Yeah. And how tall will it get? It's about four feet. Okay. Yeah, that would be a nice property divider. And there's really a great selection. We were oh promoting gosh. some grasses earlier in the season. But this has expanded it because now all the grasses are on sale at 40% off, just not five or six or seven varieties. Yeah. So everything out yeah. there. It's, it's I think, one of the, the most go-to plants in the landscape for me. The ornamental grasses, yeah. you mean? Absolutely. I Yeah, actually, that would be the first thing I would feel comfortable adding to my landscape. That's You're interesting. Right. If, if I needed, I mean, because I bought the house, it, you know, the garden came with it. It's, you know, pretty little garden and whatnot. And landscaping is already pretty nice. But you also want to add it, kind of make things your own. And, yes, I think the ornamental grasses would just be a beautiful, nice little soft softening touch mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to a yard. Well, and so easy, you know, for anybody to grow, you know, if you're intimidated about growing plants at all. So That's good to hear. Yeah. Okay, great. 356-9397. This is Plant Experts live at Prairie Gardens or text 351-5357. Did you get to play in the garden at all this week? I did. Oh, you know what I did? I watered. I'm sure you did. Yeah. Good. So dry. <laughs> yeah, it is very dry. Yeah. Yeah. And this is. is a time when you can uh, evaluate. Oh, Prairie Gardens. 
where uh, that was interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Are we haunted? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, that was Judy waiting, waiting patiently. Oh, okay. Well, let's go to Judy. Talk to Judy. For, okay, then. Judy. Good morning, hon. Hello. Huh? <laughs> Hello. I listen good morning. Every, good morning. I, I listen every Saturday morning if I'm home. I always enjoy your show. Uh, I bought grass seed last fall at Prairie Gardens and somehow didn't get around to sowing the grass seed. What? Boy, we would never do that, right, John? (laughs) Right. I still still have uh, about three bags of grass seed, the the sun, the shade, and, you know, all that. And do you think it's still good, or should I get fresh? Where did you store it? Outside in a paper sack in a shed. Okay. I mean, it was in a shed, but the shed was not heated or anything. I think for the most part, you're going to be fine. Um, first thing I'd look at is make sure it's, you know, clean and you didn't have a mouse having fun in there and some stuff like that. But if it's in clean and in good shape, I would use it. And um, it, when we buy, was it the bulk grass seed that we sell in yeah. the bins? You know, that's going to be um, in that 85 to 95% germination um rate when you buy it fresh from us okay. and and so i think under the conditions that you stored it they weren't perfect because you had some temperature extremes in terms of some heat and maybe some humi- extra humidity and some moisture cool and dry would be probably ideal um, so if you were 85 or 95 percent germ when you bought it from us yeah so maybe you drop down 10 or 20 points so uh, you might put it on just a little bit heavier, a little bit thicker than what you would have normally, just because okay. you may not have quite as much of the germination rate. But okay. I think for the most part, you're going to be fine. Okay. And Yeah, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't encourage you to do it if I thought you were wasting your time, because sometimes your time's more valuable than a few well, bucks that the grass seed cost right. you. Right, that's why I'm calling. Yeah. I, I don't want to do it and then have to do it, you know, do it twice. Sure, <laughs> yeah, so, I, sure. So the yeah. seed twice. And, you know, if you want to get some assurance, um, you could always take a a pinch of it and keep it in a moist paper towel and see after five days if you get some of the seeds to start cracking open to germinate. Okay. Uh, So you could just keep it inside the house uh, and moist, and uh, that might give you more comfort. I see. Yeah, Uh, that's what what I I, I agree with, Steve, and I think that uh, that's what I would do, do that test really quick and... uh, uh, you don't have to worry about it so much. And if you don't want to use the paper towel, take a small paper cup, put a bunch of hole in the bottom of it, or a styrofoam cup, fill it with some potting soil, sow oh. this, a couple pinches of seed in there, and keep it moist inside the house and see if you get the germination there. And again, uh-huh. after five or seven days, you're going to know. Okay. Uh, so I, there, is now the time to sow the grass seed, or should I wait till September? Or, um, what, if you can yeah. keep up with keeping it moist... It's an ideal time to sow grass seed, but okay. it's it's a matter of you being able to keep up with the moisture because you're not consistently getting a whole lot of help. So, and you obviously have high temperatures, so there's a lot of transpiration, evaporation. So, um, I would, if, if if I can water mid September, I'm sorry, mid August to mid September is the perfect time, the very best time of year to sow grass seed in the Midwest, better than spring. 
you right. have less weed competition. Uh, you're going to get a higher take. You'll get a good established lawn going into the winter. It's easier to go through that first winter typically than it is a summer. So you've got now nine months before you're going to go through another summer with a new new uh, new lawn. So. Okay. Well, I thank you for your information, and I'll try to get it down this fall and not hold on to it for another year. <laughs> yeah, I think we'll start to see it decline quite a bit more if you do that. Okay. And so if you do, certainly call us back and let us know how it's doing. Oh, and anything you could do earlier this summer, fall, than you can later in the fall, you'll get you'll be better off. Sometimes okay. we all put it off in like middle yeah, of October, and it's like, uh, I'm not going to sure how much germination yeah. I'm yeah, going to get. Sure it's cooler outside happen. for me to work. <laughs> That's yeah. what I it's about. Work when yeah. it's hot. <laughs> yeah. hey, Thank well, you, Judy. We'll see what happens then. Thank you. All righty. Three five six. Bye bye. Three five six nine three nine seven. Plant experts live at Prairie Gardens. So you started to tell us what you were doing in uh, your yard, John. Yes. Besides watering. Besides watering. That's right, because you have a bunch of new plants that you put in. Deadheading. Yeah. Yeah. You and so so, I always go about it this way. I I water my newest plants faithfully. Usually at least once a week if we haven't had rain. Uh, sometimes I do it maybe every five days. Uh, then I go back to my ones that I established last year and water those. So I have to have a rotation and I have to work in sections. So you have to work in one area and know which ones that you planted. So, so recently, yeah. right? So you don't really have to have a, a chart or a graph, but sometimes... Uh, it's helpful to know where which ones that you planted the most recently so that you know you're going to be faithfully watering those in case something you don't have time to catch up with it so right. yeah okay yeah until all those roots really get established got to get them established yeah okay. um also uh i've been doing some maintenance on my containers um i just did uh coleus especially I tends to grow really rapidly and gets gets out of control. Two days later, it's <laughs> yeah. completely different than it was <laughs> yes. when you last so, looked at it. So, you know, pinching it back, I think this will probably be my last one. But, uh, uh, yeah, just to keep it tidy. Now, will you flip out some of these containers into fall in another two weeks or four weeks? What, what I usually do, I'll start with uh, the containerized chrysanthemums, and I'll set them beside the planters. So you have like a grouping of planters, and then as some of the annuals decline, then I'll pull pull some out, and I'll probably add some kale or cabbage and maybe a couple grasses. Just shake and, it up a little bit. Yeah, shake it up a little bit. But uh, that's one way you can keep your 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 planters looking good is by by changing them out. And you know we really have four seasons of planters. We have spring, you know, early spring, and then we have Summer, and then we have fall, and then we have Christmas. <laughs> yes, yeah. that's yeah. a good point. Yeah, Christmas. Is no, so you just kind of rotate. No, you're really you just kind of rotate things out. Right. You're really leaving yourself short if you don't take advantage of all four seasons. Oh, yeah. I'd say that probably the one that the people don't take advantage of the most would be early spring. Yep. Because they just want to wait and plant once. But if you can take some of the primrose and pansies and ranunculus and other early season, you know, add some perennials in it and get something planted 
late March, first of April, and enjoy it till the middle of May, and then switch over to a summer. Yep, it's so rewarding. It it, it works out better that way. You got to scratch that itch. Yeah, <laughs> yes. And you know, you 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 don't have to do, you know, if you're crazy like me, I have like 18 containers, but uh, that do is the ones crazy. you know, do the ones where <laughs> where you know the the entry of your house of obviously and the ones by the porch or patio are where you spend the most time. Right. And and do those and then work the other ones as you want to. Uh, also what I what I think you're saying and I and I like the idea is that you don't have to comp- take everything out of the planter and replace right. everything. It's just a few things. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Steve, what about you? What have you been working on? Uh, pretty much uh, watering, like John said, and uh, harvesting. Harvesting. So. Your tomatoes. Tomatoes, peppers primarily, oh. onions, leeks. Um, Ooh, I love leeks. Uh, herbs of various types. Um, but, you know, just ho-hum, basic enjoyment of the fr- the fruits of the labor, if you will. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Well, yeah, and, you know, that's part of it as much as we work. Yeah. Right. You wanna to you wanna do alive. That's why you're doing it, healthy. right? Yeah. It's Absolutely. not just the activity, it's to be able to enjoy the harvest or the the beauty of whatever it might be. Yeah. So yeah. 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 Spend That's some time on the deck or the patio or on the screen porch. And, trying to do that. You know, yeah. Good. Good, good. Yeah. yeah, honestly we've been pretty blessed as far as not having too much humidity lately. Hmm. And and even overall in this summer I think it hasn't been We've certainly had our weeks. <laughs> right. We've we've had our weeks. And you just have to plan accordingly. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. All right. Three five six nine three nine seven. Plant experts live at Prairie Gardens. So besides all the great sales, I mean everything in the in the tree and shrubbery is on sale. Um and you know most of it's thirty, forty and um there's actually thirty and forty percent off there's quite a few things that are marked 60 and 70 percent off a couple things that are 20 percent off but so there's really some good values out there it's hard to imagine but the fall bulbs will show up in about two and a half three weeks really so the tulips daffs and those guys will start so you can really kind of start to if it's too hot to be outside and you want to start to plan your strategy for what you might want to add to the garden from a fall bulb standpoint right it's hard to imagine but they'll be coming up real soon and um, it is hard to imagine. I think John and Marianne have, uh, I think you've got some more burning bush coming in to promote. That's still, I mean, that plant has been around. I have three. Forever. I Ever since them. I can remember. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Likewise. Yeah, you got as long as Moses. Uh, no. <laughs> but they're so beautiful. They're still one of the very Ooh, best are. fall, oh my reliably gosh. fall colored plants. And, and, and surprisingly, not too many insect and disease problems considering how common that they are. Yeah. yeah. Um, and most of us have the the dwarf one, if you will, or the compact one that still is not a small plant. They get about six or eight feet tall, even the compact ones do. Uh, but you could comfortably prune them and keep them down in that four and a half, five foot range if you really want to. Um, some of the older established neighborhoods, you'll see the original type, which was not the compacta, which was really effectively a small tree if you will if you limit it up as mm-hmm. such but mm-hmm. there'd be more of a 15 feet uh, tall 12 to 15 foot uh-huh. and and the the winged you know it's called a winged euonymus uh, is another name for it and the wing euonymus name comes from the 
the stem. It's that corkiness. Um, there's a, a vertical, um, I don't know what you'd call it, but a vertical uh, thin layer that comes off the stem on really on all four sides. And it's more pronounced on the old-fashioned one, the original one. It's less pronounced on the compact one. But that's its name, uh, dwarf winged euonymus or the winged euonymus okay. in addition to burning bush. Yeah, yeah. The, they can be really effective in the landscape, especially if you're using them, uh, you know, further out on your property as, as far as uh, more of a border as opposed to don't plant it in between the sidewalk and the garage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because they do get subsized. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. talk about effective color from a oh distance or, or close up either way. Oh, yes. You're Pretty right. sharp. But you got some fresh ones of those coming in. I think there's, uh, there's there, there are three gallon pots and they're going to be included in this sale at 30% off. So they're going to be a really nice value. Those should show up this next week. And, and I think those are the dwarf ones or you're going to have the ones. Okay. Yeah, the dwarf ones. Yeah. The standard one is, it can be found, but it's hardly even available in the landscape. And and again, most people don't have room for it, right. and it'd be easy for people not to to see it or us to tell them clearly that it is not the dwarf one. And then you end up getting frustrated. And and again, when you start to get to be that 12 or 15 foot range, you've got a lot of other choices that are actual trees that might be a better better choice for the landscape in in many situations. Okay, but. Uh, you know, if you do have one of the old ones in an older neighborhood and you can limb it up and make it tree-like, it's just outstanding, of course, in the fall. Yeah, just, it's, it's beautiful. Truly, yeah. The, um, so you've got that going on. I think you've got some golden mops coming in that are going to be on special. Uh, but anyway, even though the shrub, trees and shrubs are on sale and they're going to be on sale this fall, uh, and again, it just started yesterday, we're just going to keep bringing fresh stuff in and let it go and just let people have fun with it. And yeah. then we also have uh, coming up a fall festival planned. It's Good. it's still in the works, but it's going to be um, on Saturday, September 22nd. Good. I was and hoping you guys were going to do that again this year. Yeah. My yeah. grandkids love coming. My kids love coming to it. Well, there you go. So we've got that coming up and details to be announced. We don't have it up on the website yet, but we're just trying to finalize some of the plans. And so hopefully in about another week, we'll have something posted on the website and we can start talking about that. Oh, terrific. I think fall's a really fun time. It is. Yes. Yeah. As much as I don't want to get rid of summer, because yeah, I, I mean I'm ready to have spring again right now, and then have <laughs> yeah. summer again right now, and then yeah. have right. fall, or yeah. I could wait a month or so and then start it again. I think I'm just trying to avoid one season here, I guess. I think I always. Yeah. But I enjoy the first two months of a season, and then by the third month, I'm ready for a new season. Ready for the next one? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm kind of ready for fall. But that's what's nice about living here. We get to enjoy all the changes. Yes. I think it would be actually kind of boring if it were, you know, constant temperature all the time and, you know, nothing ever changed. Would you feel like your life doesn't go as quickly, or would it? How would that be? Would that impact anything? That's that's getting too deep. Yeah. Just Especially yard. for morning. Just that's a gardens. yeah. That that's a that's a conversation uh, over some drinks. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That's a Sunday morning conversation, not a Saturday morning conversation. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, so, so what would you say would be the most asked plant questions this week? So, this week it's been kind of fortunate that we haven't had a lot of tragedies happening. Uh, Crazy enough, there was still uh, some sightings of bagworms, uh, which seems late, but 
but still happening. Uh, In fact, at my house, I've had the, I guess it's called the dogwood sawfly larva, which is a little caterpillar that devastates your dogwood trees and and a few other shrubs. Um, It's actually more of a, like a black wasp as an adult, as a, as a winged caterpillar type, or as a winged moth. But uh, basically, you know, handpick, handpick if you can, put them in soapy water, uh, insecticidal soap if you, if you have to, but. Right. Yeah. Systemic, too late for that, or? Too late. Too late for a systemic, okay. And overall, not as many disease problems people bringing in? Not not a lot. Uh, Still, you know, still is happening, but uh, uh, I think we've been through, been through it and seen it already, you know, continuation of i think for the most part a lot of disease on tomatoes yeah um and and still just hearing in general some frustration because this didn't perform or that didn't perform and it's just been a wacky year in terms of Mm -hmm. you know we all remember what it was like for a prolonged cool wet time and then all of a sudden it got in the 90s and high 80s and it was just abnormally warm and in may and then it's just moisture's either been fluxing one way or the other, temperatures have been fluxing. And so it just there's just a lot of things that seem like they may have been stressed just a little bit more yeah. and then predisposed to some disease problems because of that. Um, yeah. And it's just one of those things where you just kind of say, well, not much we can do about it. Yep, you and just got to deal with it. Yeah, yeah, it's conflicting reports. Uh, I've had the best tomatoes and peppers this year ever, and then the next person is... This is the worst year I've ever had. <laughs> so, oh, <laughs> yeah. how discouraging. So, so yeah. It's just well, like, it could be side by side. Oh. I, I would say my pepper crops could probably on par with the best ever, and then the tomatoes are just average. Huh. Uh, I mean, the, the, they're producing a lot of fruit now, but as far as disease problems, I'd say it's a, a little bit worse than average. Yeah. Yeah. That humidity really is a killer the humidity for, I would not for, have for diseases. Before. Oh, really? That I did not know that. I'm trying to think of. So, what uh, what are some of the common diseases that tomatoes have to deal with, or could be exposed to? Well, most of the most common are the blight problems where you have, and the symptoms look so similar uh, from the different blights and the leaf spots. But it's where you start to get some yellowing at the bottom of the plant and you start to get some brown spots and depending upon whether it's this disease or that disease the spotting pattern is a little bit different but for the most part they kind of work their way up the plant if you will uh, eventually possibly turning a lot of the foliage brown and um, and you, you know, the last area infected usually is at the top or the tips of the plant and it's more from the inside and bottom and up type of stuff. Now when you, if you're able to catch it when it's still toward the bottom of the plant, is it too late then or is well, are you it, able it, to it, treat it? It may never be quote unquote too late. I mean it just might impact the performance and it can kill the plants, certainly. There's no question about it. So culturally uh, you want to keep the foliage dry as much as you can, have the water at the base of the plant. Um, there's nothing you can do about the humidity like John mentioned. Uh, but you can do that Again, ideally sanitation, you get a few disease leaves, I'd get them off the plant and dispose of them and get them out of the area. Again, this is where if you can rotate the crop because it's a soil-borne uh, pathogen. Oh. And so it'll overwinter in the soil, can overwinter in the soil for several years. So uh, again, if you have the 
the luxury of rotating the crop location where you can. I've not tried the Serenade product out there that we've got. Mm -hmm. It's a bacterium that uh, actually uh, ha impacts the fungus. Um, I might consider trying something like that if I did a little more research on it. Yeah. Uh, but as far as using a fungicide on it, I wouldn't be in a big hurry to use a fungicide on a vegetable that I'm going to consume. Right, so, that you're going to eat. So I'd probably just either try and handle it sanitation-wise. Maybe I'd look at the serenade. Um, otherwise, I'm just going to have to roll with it. Just, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I see that. Um, I planted, because of um, all the heirloom varieties that Sean uh, Williams uh, introduced to us that we offered this year, I planted a wider variety of tomatoes and peppers than I normally might. And some of which I'm thinking, hey, I'm doing that one again. And some of which I'm thinking, I'm not going to do that <laughs> one again. And it could have been the season. Uh, and it wasn't yeah. not so much from a production standpoint, but uh, I don't think I brought any of them in, John. I need to bring you some. the uh, That really, really small current type tomato. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I, it was just called gold current or... Um, I'm not sure. I don't recall the name of it. I don't but either. I'm looking at that thinking, that's a lot of work to harvest those things for what little they are. <laughs> <laughs> Almost like a champagne grape. Uh, yeah, they're pretty tiny. I mean, they're bigger than a pea, but they're... Uh, uh, blueberries. Yeah, they're about blueberry size. Okay. That's a good... Yeah, yeah, so yeah a little bit larger, a, but about blueberry a, size. Uh, yeah, that's, that would be a lot of work. Yeah. So I think I'll stick with... Uh, the more traditional cherry type tomatoes, whether they're gold, purple, or, or red. So you live and learn. Uh, we planted Beaver Dam, which was an heirloom pepper from Wisconsin. Uh, great performer, lots of fruit. It's supposed to be kind of a sweet pepper with a, a little bit of zing. I'm gonna call it a zingy pepper with a little bit of sweet. Uh, <laughs> oh. It's, it's a, a little bit warmer. And as Sean pointed out, the, the flavors, um, of, a t of peppers can vary wildly with the growing season and a, a more warm growing season peppers are hot or in a drier season peppers are hotter than they are if it's a cooler season or if there's more consistent moisture. So there's other factors to it besides, but it's a gorgeous uh, red pepper. I've got some members in the family that can just eat it like it is. Uh, wouldn't have to be cooked or, or some of the heat taken out whatsoever, just fresh and chop. And then I've got other members of the family, that, including myself, where you put it in your mouth and you're, you're looking for a drink real fast. Huh. Um, and then uh, we tried the monkey face uh, pepper, uh, which is different shape, uh, if you will. And uh, I think uh, Sandy pickled some of those um, as well and, and has done quite a few pepperoncinis, which have been awesome. And she's got a recipe yeah. where literally after five or seven days, they're amazing and uh, and very rewarding. That's cool. Uh, with that. And then uh, the Tasty Treat peppers have been fantastic this year, the little guys that those we offer. Nice. Yeah. And uh, I think those are from um, from uh, Proven Winners, yeah. a, a variety. But those have been fantastic in the orange and, and the red. Plus, they're just this, the seeds are minimal if you will and you could just eat them whole you just, just eat the you whole know, thing yeah and just leave the small portion off uh but lots of great salsa lots of great tomatoes coming on um the uh, black beauty um tomato has been a novelty from an appearance standpoint but uh it's been a little bit it's the one of the darkest ones and it's supposed to be the best tasting of the really dark ones 
but probably not going to do that one again either. Um, not it as luscious as you thought it was going to be. Not as luscious, be. and it's um, a little bit harder to determine the ripeness. It's very, very, very firm because oh. um, there's so much green on it and then evolving to black. Uh, but, again, I might try it one more year just to kind of see how much of it's a season, how much of it is the, is the plant. Um, but uh, Abe, Luke, Abe Lincoln, Kickapoo Creek have been a couple nice additions. Uh, certainly would do those again, but um, and had a couple of different uh, brandy wines, a set of strain. I love the, brandy wines. And the regular one, um, Mr. Stripey, uh, Orange Oxheart, a couple nice uh, old German, uh, a couple nice of the striped variegated ones. So it's, it has the appearance of a yellow tomato with some red blush throughout. Um, Beautiful. And then, and then some just some standard good red ones, whether they're a... Um, heirloom or whether they're just a, a, a newer hybrid like better boy or big boy or early girl but okay. been a good season good what about fall vegetables should we be planting them now waiting still um, a little longer you're really on the cusp yeah uh, we don't have any of the broccoli cabbage cauliflower if you wanted to plant some of those you'll have to try and find them it'd be a little bit too late to sow the seed and get those in but as far as uh, we're having customers coming in for uh, radish and turnips and carrots and spinach and lettuce and um, beets and, and and things like that that would be very common fall fall vegetables. Mm -hmm. And again, there's a little bit less weed competition for those in, uh, weed seeds germinating in the fall typically. Uh, so that's kind of nice. You got warm soil temperatures, so you're going to get quick germination. And for the most part, you've got plenty of time to to harvest those things, and it'll be an ongoing type thing, especially as the weather cools off. Uh, you know, you're going to be able to enjoy some of those things all the way through October, uh, maybe even in November. Wonderful. But so, you said we're on the cusp. Well, on the early, on the early part of it. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, I think, to me, if you can get those things sown by the end of this month or the 1st of September, you're going to have enough time to enjoy them for sure. And, again, it'd probably be a lot of it would be, hey, am I going to be in town? Am I available to water once I sow them and yeah. water consistently? And the flavor is always better with the radish and lettuce with the cooler temperatures. Yeah. A little less bitter, yeah. less harsh, huh. if you will. Yeah. Interesting. Now, uh, Ryan Pankow wrote about blueberries in today's edition of the News Gazette. It's a really interesting article. A and he talked about how we should, if we're going to do blueberries, um, we should research the varieties and pick a few different ones. How many varieties are there, and how many do you do you'll choose to carry here for Zone Five? We carry too many. Okay. Uh, we we, are, we probably don't have any right now. Uh, if yeah, we do, we, it'd be, we're, we don't have any now. Yeah. But. Uh, but I would say we probably carry eight to ten varieties mm -hmm. in the spring. Oh, good. Uh, and you want to have two different types for cross pollinization, two or more. You want to make sure you choose some that are flowering about the same time so you probably don't want to have any very early a very early expecting a, a late one to pollinate it because they're probably not going to be flowering at the same time so you just want to make sure you're mixing like an early and a mid or a mid and a late or a mid and a mid or an early and early kind of thing as best you can uh, there's different sizes of plants uh, there's some great small ones that have been on the market the last few years that are container size and then there's oh, wow. high bush ones that are going to get eight feet tall yeah and there's yeah. plenty in between 
Okay, then I do have a little research. And the biggest work to do is to amend the soil. So that's why the container ones are kind of appealing and easier to amend the soil with that and have a low pH. Okay, great. Well, guys, thank you so much. Thank you, Tamara. Thank you. Thus ends another edition of Plant Experts Live at Prairie Gardens with plant experts John Weisgarber and Steve Brown. I'm Tamara McDaniel, and our producer is Blake Landa. Stay tuned for Saturday Sports Talk up next here on News Talk 1400, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. And a podcast of this show will be made available later today on our website at WDWS.com, as well as past shows you will find there. Have a wonderful weekend, everyone.